the Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. What's doing, folks? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Paul Leslie Hour. It is Independence Day weekend. I've had quite a time. Saw some beautiful fireworks. Hung out with some great people. And I have one of the more successful interviews I've done. This was originally broadcast on the radio with the Paul Leslie Hour. It is an interview with Ray Hildebrand, also known as Paul of the famed duo Paul and Paula. You know the song, Hey, Hey, Paula? (laughs) I've always liked that song. It's playing on the radio somewhere in the world all the time. It's been in countless movies and television shows. You might remember them singing it in the movie Animal House, for example. But this interview with Ray Hildebrand was very good. He's a songwriter, a singer, very sweet man, and a great talent. I was very honored to do this interview with him, and I very much appreciate the number of positive comments I've gotten from people through the years with this interview. It had not been formatted and remastered for the podcast, so I thought, you know what, let's get this out there. It's been on YouTube, like I said, it was on the radio, and now it's my pleasure to present it to you all. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by listeners like you. You can go to thepaulleslie.com to contribute. Just click on support the show. And I thank all of you who have supported this show. It means a lot to me. Now let's get into the interview with Ray Hildebrand, a.k.a. the Hey Paula Boy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's with great pleasure we welcome Mr. Ray Hildebrand, also known as Paul of the famed group Paul and Paula. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Paul, it's good to be here. From one Paul to another Paul, it's it's wonderful to be talking to anyone about the past. I don't know that I'm a genius about the 50s and the 60s, but I did live it, so I've got lots of stories to tell. So tell all the listeners out there, where were you born, and uh, what was life like growing up? I was born in and around uh, Fort Worth, Texas, which is uh, just to the west of Dallas, and uh, in a small town called Joshua Way, which spelled like the, the book in the Old Testament. Uh, they pronounce it Joshua Way, not Joshua. But I was born to a couple of school teachers there back in 1940 in November, and I uh, was the baby of four children that they had, Walter and Alma Hildebrand, and my life was a pretty simple life growing up, raised in the church, uh, in this case a Baptist church in different places. Just a good, good, simple life, wonderful parents. We were poor, but everybody was poor, Paul, in those days. <laughs> so what kind of music did you grow up listening to? Back in those days, uh, in the 40s and the early 50s, at least where I lived, there were no divisions of country and western rhythm and blues and pop and all that stuff, uh, classical. It was all on one station. I got a good smattering of everything, you know, but most of it was uh, simple country stuff, I would say, what we would call country, and some kind of just regular popular stuff, so... So when did you take listening to music as a fan and decide that you wanted to do music yourself? When I was in junior high and in high school, there were people who sang. And when I would be out working with my brother or my mother and father in the car going across the country, they sang. And so 
I started listening, and on Sunday nights, I would hear harmonies and stuff in church, and I started practicing those and and uh, singing along with the radio, uh, Hank Williams, and I began to do that, and so it wasn't long before somebody said, hey, would you like to sing in church? And uh, one of my friends was a song leader at this church, and I said, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I wanted to be somebody. So I got up there. I only started over three times, Paul, but, hey, it was the beginning, and so if you're going to make a mistake, make it in front of your friends and your family. So I started doing that, and I started singing around. Me and another guy would get together and harmonize like the Everly Brothers, and so it just kind of slowly began, but mostly I think it began in church, you know, listening and hearing all the wonderful harmonies and everything, both on Sunday morning and on Sunday night. Well, when you started to sing on your own and started to kind of develop your own identity, was there anybody, bands or singers, that you thought were especially an influence? There were some people that I really uh, enjoyed listening to. I listened, I really enjoyed Tennessee Ernie Ford. I really enjoyed... Uh, one of the songs just before we had Hey Paula was a song called Hey Baby, which was by a guy out of uh, McKinney, Texas, named Bruce McMeans. They changed his name to Chanel, and he, I loved his voice, and I loved his songs. And Stuart Hamlin out of uh, California wrote a song, It Is No Secret What God Can Do, and, and those kind of songs. Uh, I loved Hank Williams' songs. The day I passed you on the street and my heart fell at your feet, I can't help it if I'm still in love with you. Those are great songs. <laughs> I, I loved uh, the, so many of the country singers. Uh, I, I would say uh, the guy out in California, Stuart Hammond, had one of the biggest influences on me. I loved his music. So, Well, tell us about the formation of Paul and Paula. When I was in college at Howard Payne College, a small uh liberal arts school out in West Texas. I played basketball on the on the college basketball team. One of my friends during the summertime that the girls all went back home on all our dates and he didn't want to lose his girlfriend Paula so he wanted to have a little song he could sing her to keep her uh keep her close so she wouldn't date the nearest back home and so he said, Would I write a song for his girlfriend named Paula? And so I said I would and so I did that and uh uh Annette Finicello of Mickey Mouse Club fame had a song called Tall Paul that was being played at the singing pool where I was a lifeguard and and I decided to have a, a boy sing back to the girl in my song so I guy's name was Russell that asked me to do the song so I I put Paul and from that song in place of of Russell and it really worked the Paul and Paula thing worked and as I tried to write this song, though, I, I had a problem with, uh, you know, really putting in the true love stuff, but I had just broken up with the love of my life, a girl named Judy, and so I just, I was uh, kind of heartbroken about that because I really liked her, and but the time wasn't right for us to get together, and, and she had gone back. She was a friend of this Paula, and so I, uh, I just used the feelings that I had for missing Judy and put it in that song and, and used the Paula and Paula idea from uh, Annette Punicello's song and from his girlfriend that he asked me to write the song for, and so it, it all came together, and that's how it happened. So, Once the song was recorded, what happened from there? You know, the song, you hear it still on the radio, I hear it. It's also been yeah. in some movies. How did it go from you recording it? What happened next? I look back now, and I've, one of these days, the book is going to be released, and it has all of this in it, but you're jumping the gun, well, on it. When it was all finished, and the mother of the girl that I had been singing with in college some, she came by one day with her husband and with the girl, and the step was, when the song was finished, a girl came up to me 
at, at the swimming pool where I was working, and her name was Jill, and she said uh, she was a singer, a local singer, and she said, would I help her on a little radio show but that she had access to at this little station? And I said, I played the guitar, and she said she didn't want to do it by herself. And I said, okay. So we went, and I had this song written. I mean, it's like a step-by-step. I look back, and I just like a God had this, had a plan for us in this whole thing. So we started singing this song on this little radio show. A DJ started playing our little song with uh, Frank Sinatra and Bruce Chanel and all the others on the top 40 just because he liked it, and he thought it was a cool thing, a boy and a girl talking about their love right over the airways. And then one day, the mother and her came by with her daddy, and they said, we got we got this guy that produced this song called Hey Baby, and he's up in Fort Worth. We're going to go and show him our song, this song we got, and so we're going to see if there's anything there. So we drove up there, and as fate would have it, a black guy didn't show up for a recording session that this guy was having. This Major Bill Smith was his name, and so we were standing there, and he said, what do y'all want here? And we told him, and he said, well, let's go do it. So we walked in there and, and sung the song, and the next thing you know, and about with his promotion and stuff, it came out on uh, on Phillips or Mercury Records about three or four months later. Uh, well, we as a couple went from fan to famous in about three or four months, and it took off. They changed our name to Paul and Paula, changed the name of the song from what it was to Hey Paula, and that's the song that you hear 47 years later. <laughs> it did come fast, and as I said, we went from fan to famous in about three months, and uh, if you don't have your life together... You're not going to get much of a break from anybody else. I mean, in our case, it just took off. And when you have a number one song, that means it's being played a lot by a lot of different stations. A lot of songs get up to number 30 or something like that, and they're maybe they're not being played that much. But ours was being played a lot, especially on the East Coast up in uh, New York and all of that. We're 500-mile radius of Buffalo, New York. is half the population of the United States, and that's that's where our our song was a hit. And it was tough. You got treated like a spoiled king, you know, all over the place. Everybody came to you with autographs and all. This was back, uh, you know, before computers and cell phones and all that kind of stuff. You know, in my case, I was a Christian guy, and I I had some help from God. I don't know how people make it, I mean, because you just can't believe your press clippings. If you you start believing what everybody says about you, you're the greatest thing it ever was. (laughs) (laughs) But it's tough. So It's really admirable, I guess, just being level-headed. You have to feel a little bit special. At least that song has made such an impression. I want to tell you a real quick story. I was backstage. I was at a a Jack Johnson concert, and he has this singer that's uh, going out with with him named Paula Fugal. And uh, so they introduced me. They said, Paul, this is Paula. And I said, hey, we could do a song together. And she (laughs) she said, you know, I was named after that song. Oh, my gosh. I'm here in Kansas City. Uh, very shortly, we'll be singing at the reception of, of a man and a woman over in Lee Summit, Missouri. And his name is Paul, and her name is Paula. And they, they found out that I, the real thing was over here across town, and so they want me to come and sing. Wow. I get, I've sung at more things, and, and more people have written me and told me that the very thing you're talking about, it, it's you know, it's a blessing and an honor more than anything else, Paul. Yeah. So tell us, when you had this newfound fame, how did you take it? It did come fast, and as I said, we went from fan to famous in about three months, and uh, if you don't have your life together, you're not going to get much of a break from anybody else. I mean, in our case, it just took off, and when you have a number one song, that means it's being played a lot by a lot of different stations. A lot of songs get up to number 
thirty or something like that, and they're maybe they're not being played that much, but ours was being played a lot, especially on the East Coast up in uh, New York and all of that, where five hundred mile radius of Buffalo, New York is half the population of the United States, and that's that's where our our song was a hit, and it was tough. You got treated like a spoiled king, you know, all over the place. Everybody came to you with autographs and all. This was back, uh, you know, before computers and cell phones and all that kind of stuff. You know, in my case, I was a Christian guy, and I, I had some help from God. I don't know how people make it. I mean, because you just can't believe your press clippings. If you if you start believing every, what everybody says about you, you're the greatest thing it ever was. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, it's tough. So, Yeah, I think it's interesting also you have your, your career with Paul and Paula, but you're also a Christian singer. Yes, I am. I've, I've, uh, part of my story is that uh, near about after about a year of running around with Paul and Paula, I just got tired of it. I just didn't want to do that anymore. I just sang in this little song. I loved the little song and all, and I loved the career, and it was an easy, it was easy money and everything else. But I just felt like inside there was something else that I'm supposed to go do. And I left in the middle of a Dick Clark tour. I just kind of left and left her stranded, and it was a terrible thing to do, but I look back, I wouldn't have done it if I'd have thought, but I had a girl back home, and this Judy I mentioned earlier, uh, we got back together after the song was a hit, and so, and we were kind of ready to be married, and so I kind of went back home and, and got married, and, and but I was still writing songs, just gifts uh, that you have to, to write, everybody can't write songs, and and it was from God, and I, I started writing songs about God <laughs> with these same little secular melodies that not many people were doing that. And at that time, most if you wrote a song about God, it was kind of a church hymn or something like you read in some of these uh, church hymn books. I started writing these kind of contemporary Christian things, and that kind of caught on. I turned out to be one of the first, that ever, that, you know, that did that on a national label, at least, uh, Word Records out of Waco, Texas. And so that started a career, and... I started going all over the place at churches and things, so I went from one career to another one just real quick. Tell us about a little bit about Jill. Do you still t- stay in touch with her? Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, we've got two uh, oldies gigs coming up with Bowser from Shanana Days. Uh, he's a promoter now, and we do things. We still we don't do a lot of them. We go out to California here in September and we've got a thing in Hartford, Connecticut with him, with oldies, some other oldies groups like the Angels and like uh, Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs and different ones that are still doing some stuff. Uh, we'll do some stuff with Sam the Sham, uh, of the Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs and others. We still do oldies uh, concerts occasionally if, if the, you know, if people find us. I do a, I do a, a thing here in Kansas City uh, uh, with another lady. I play like she's Paula at this reunion, a big class reunion thing with some local bands and stuff. There's always people who remember and still like those oldies. And so the uh, Hey Paula thing is remembered by a lot of people. And uh, my royalties that I get every year means that it's been played someplace in the world every day since 1963, and that's a blessing. Wow, that's incredible. One of the other songs called Young Lovers that was kind of like the follow-up to... Hey, Paula. Young Lovers is kind of proof that we were more than just a one-hit wonder. <laughs> when I wrote the song initially uh, up in the gymnasium where I lived at the time for this Russell guy that had asked me to write it, well, I wrote a long, and when we went in the studio uh, with this Major Bill Smith, this other fellow, Marvin Montgomery, he he was the guy in the studio that, that was the arranger and all, and he says, this song is too long. He said, uh, he took out part of it. He said, this part here is not necessary. You're going to do these two little verses and this little chorus. You're going to repeat the chorus, and that's it. 
So the part that he cut out on the way to the airport, probably two or three months later, the mother and, and Jill and I, we sat in the back seat and put some verses to it, and it became Young Lovers and went to number six in the nation. <laughs> so we, that was a good day of songwriting that weekend or whatever that was. So. Well, tell us about the other song. Uh, there was one called First Quarrel. First Quarrel was written by another fellow, a band leader there in, uh, I can't even think of his name now, in Fort Worth. I'll tell people, I said, you know, our first two songs we wrote, and uh, they should have stuck with us because they were in the top ten, uh, but this first quarrel, uh, that, that I think it went to about number 26 or something like that, and we just slowly, slowly, of course, I left, and that, that had something to do with it, but I dare say if our career had been handled correctly, I might I might have stayed and, and kept doing it, but it was kind of an afterthought for old Major Bill. RCA was trying to get a hold of us in those days, too. They wanted to, us to jump ship from Mercury over to them, and Maybe if we'd have done that, uh, but it would have meant me moving up to the coast, to uh, the East Coast, and I probably would have never married the lady that I married to. And the timing was rotten, I guess, so uh, that's kind of what happened. So, If you could put it into words, what is it you like about music? I don't know. The, there's something about music that just kind of gets down in your soul or in your gut and in your heart. I have so many songs that I've written, both Christian and secular or whatever you want to call them, I think God looks on music as good and bad. I don't think he looks on it as secular and Christian or all that stuff. Music is something just beautiful that is different than anything. So I tell you, harmonizing just sends me in la-la land. I just love harmonies and four-part harmonies like the barbershop quartets and other things. I'd rather harmonize than eat, somebody said, and I feel that way too. I could sit and, and jam with somebody at the age of 70 almost, I am, all night. Someone said that human beings... The only ones that can sing that angels can't sing. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's special. And I know that anybody that can't sing, I feel sorry for them. I know Jill, when she was little, she used to think everybody could sing, but everybody can't sing. I, I used to stand beside an old boy in church at home. It was a monotone, but again, it's like songwriting. It's a gift from God. Music is a very special gift, so... Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Well, you just said a second ago, I piqued my curiosity, you said you'd rather harmonize than eat? I really enjoy harmony. I, I mean, I used to work with a group called the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and I traveled all over the country with all, all my heroes, became my best friends, and it was a great job. I did that for some 14 years after after Hey Paula and here in Kansas City. It was in my headquarters. and We'd get together late at night with these old athletes. I'd put all the boys to bed at these camps, and we'd just sing all night. It forget all about food. I mean, it's just a fun, wonderful thing to do, you know. Well, let me ask you, what is your all-time favorite meal? I think a nice tuna casserole. How about that? <laughs> You're not the first person that's told me that, that's for sure. <laughs> really, I like a nice tuna casserole, maybe a little salad and a little bit of green beans. Uh, that would be wonderful. I could, I could live on that, I think. So. Mr. Hildebrand, I have to ask you one final question before we part. It's been a great pleasure to speak to you. What would you like to say to all the people who are listening from all around the world? One of the things after all these years is still blowing and going is American Idol and, and all the talent shows and all this kind of stuff. And I know that some of the some of the younger kids, they just think that that's the greatest thing in the world. I just, I just want them to know that uh, I don't mean to preach at anybody. I'm just saying that uh, you know, the Bible's been around a lot longer. You know, I've got a copy of 1599 Geneva Bible sitting here, and it's the same as anything else that's out on the market today. In the middle of all of my career, I got to know God well and uh, and His Son. And I tell you what, that makes music better. 
And all that stuff they paint on the television and all the stuff about music and all it, being a star and all that stuff, it's not what it appears to be. It, it looks like it's all great on the TV, but, I mean, in all reality, you, you best get a relationship going with God for whatever uh, he wants you to do in your life. And if music's one of them, then, then have at it. But, boy, too much of anything is, is too much. For me, my story is that I... I had to come back home and kind of get it together before I could even go out again. So I just say, more than worshiping music, you better worship the, the God who brought us. So, Very well put. Well, sir, it's been a great pleasure, as I said, and uh, thank you very much for this interview. Tell all the listeners out there where they can visit you on the web. I do have a website. I, it's not fixed completely yet, I've got, but I've got a bunch of things on it. It's just called rayhildebrand.com. H-I-L-D-E-B-R-A-N-D, Hildebrand, first name Ray, and I was Paul of Paul and Paula, but it has, I've had several, two or three careers, and I'm kind of in my fourth career now by myself again, still doing things, but they can find me at rayhildebrand.com or the Hey Paula Boy, and there's all my my songs. I've done 15, 16 albums and all kind of other things, pictures on there of me and uh, Paul and Paula with the Beatles and all these different things, so they can find me at rayhildebrand.com. All right, very good. Thank you so much. Okay, Paul, God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, bye.